Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today we're talking about a call to generosity. When you look at your finances, how do you think God wants you to manage them? The Bible talks about being generous and being good stewards of the resources that God has given to us. But what does that mean in terms of how we think about managing our money and how we act in terms of putting that money to good use for the kingdom of God on earth? The Bible has some very interesting things to say about this that I don't think a lot of us are aware of. So I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message, A Call to Generosity. When we read our Bible, some people are looking for what the scriptures are teaching us about God. Some are looking for directions on how to live their daily lives. Some are looking for morality and understanding of what's right and what's wrong. Some are looking for direction. How do we make decisions? And some are looking for answers about heaven and life after death and what we can expect after this life is over. But a big portion of our lives on earth revolve around our work and our money. We spend a big portion of our time working at our jobs. We do this to make money to pay for our food, our shelter, and our clothing. We spend our working years saving and investing money so that we will have money to live on during our retirement years. Many of the joys and the worries of our lives are related to how much money we have or how little money we have. So how exactly does God want us to think about money? How does God want us to manage our money? And how do we become good stewards of the resources God gives us? This morning, I want to look at some of the ideas the Bible talks about when it comes to money. So that rather than being selfish or short-sighted with our resources, we can understand how we can glorify God through the daily use of our money. Four of the things the Bible talks about when it comes to money are that abundance is the norm, money is for sharing, care for the poor, and stewardship is the key. First of all, abundance is the norm. In the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, we find many insights for our economic lives about hard work, saving for a rainy day, shrewdness in business transactions, and how generosity begets generosity. In the Gospels, Jesus insists on just economic exchanges and warns of the dangers of reducing life to only financial concerns. The authors of the New Testament letters address issues of work, 
and bearing one another's economic burdens. We learn that stealing is wrong, generosity is commanded, and God is interested in just weights and measures. God is profoundly concerned with those who are in poverty. Woven into the fabric of creation is this idea that abundance is the norm. When we look up at the sky at night, we can see millions upon millions of stars. When we look down at the depths of the oceans, we find the waters are teeming with life. In Genesis 1, God blesses the fish and the animals on earth and tells them to multiply. Reflecting on this, the writer of Psalm 104, 24 and 25 says, How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things, both large and small. If you could imagine standing in the Garden of Eden as you looked around, you would see an amazing array of plants and bushes and trees. Not just a few kinds, lots of kinds. There were a large quantity and a large variety. There were many different kinds of trees, many different kinds of birds and animals and insects. Genesis 1.29 says that God gave us every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seeds in it. There was no shortage in the Garden of Eden. There was no scarcity. There was no hunger. The world was abundant with the things that God had created. The Bible begins by calling us to enjoy the world that God created. The world was created good, and God has given us so many good gifts. 1 Timothy 6.17 says that God has richly blessed us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, the Bible does call us to be unselfish. It does call for temperance and fasting and self-denial. But it also tells us that God loves a good party. <clears throat> the Old Testament commanded multiple feasts and festivals that were marked with plenty of food and wine and music and dancing. In fact, Luke 7.34 is a verse where Jesus was accused of gluttony, eating too much. The Bible talks about abundance. God has created so many good things in our world that he wants us to enjoy. It's not wrong to enjoy the goodness of God's creation. It's not wrong to be happy to enjoy good food and good drinks. God calls us to celebrate his goodness and to have holidays like Thanksgiving, 
where we have lots of food to celebrate with our loved ones, remembering how good God has been to us. Christianity does not condone self-indulgence. Ours is not a faith about hoarding and keeping our riches to ourselves. There's a difference between Christianity and Western materialism. <clears throat> Abundance is the norm in God's world. But we also know that we live in a fallen, sinful world, and God's original creation has given way to natural and man-made disasters. We know that many people in our world are poor. Many people live paycheck to paycheck with little or no savings. The fall has ruined things. People are hoarders, schemers, and liars. People are selfish, uncaring, and unmoved by pain and poverty. People hide what they have and are afraid of losing what they have gained. How do we live in a world that has both scarcity and abundance? How can we be generous in a stingy world? Human selfishness manifests itself in many ways from hoarding to theft. We produce social systems that create poverty rather than plenty. Some cultures deny certain kinds of people the right to work. They oppress people who look different, denying them opportunities to share in God's abundance. Some people are unable to buy land or homes. Some struggle with too much debt. Millions of people in our world today are still living in slavery. Some are denied employment and housing because of their race or religion. Our good world has been tainted by the fall. Some people today engage in fraud, exploitation, and dishonesty. These sins can bring harm to customers, vendors, and employees. In the beginning, God created an abundant world. He wanted all human beings to enjoy the abundance he created where we would all have enough. But because of the fall, because of sin, many people do not experience God's abundance as the norm for their lives. They live in scarcity. And this is one of the tragedies of our world. So a second thing the Bible talks about is that money is for sharing. God is concerned for the poor and the vulnerable. He doesn't want us to see ourselves as owners, but as stewards. So in Acts 2, 44 and 45, it says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
The early Christians saw one another as family and took responsibility for each other. Members of the first century church not only shared their money and possessions with believers in their local fellowship, but they also gave generously and sacrificially to brothers and sisters who lived some distance away. The Apostle Paul writes about collections from Gentile Christians that were given to help impoverished Jewish Christians during a time of famine. In 1 Corinthians 16, 1-4, Paul says, Now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. <coughs> this was the pattern of the early church. Every Sunday when they would gather to worship, they would take up an offering. This was for the needs of the church, for the needs of the people in the church, and to give away to their Christian brothers and sisters in other places who were in need. They weren't just thinking of themselves. They were thinking of their community. They were thinking of their church around the world. They understood that money is for sharing. The second century writings known as the Didache said, do not turn your back on the needy, but share everything with your brother and call nothing your own. For if you have what is eternal in common, how much more should you have what is transient? In the fourth century, Ambrose of Milan said, he who does not know how to give and distribute to the poor, he is the servant of his wealth, not its master. St. Augustine said, the bread you keep belongs to the hungry and that coat which you preserve in your wardrobe to the naked. Money is for sharing. A third idea the Bible talks about is to care for the poor. What distinguished the early Christians from the Romans is that the Romans would limit their giving only to citizens. They ignored the needs of the many poor who were not Roman citizens. Wealthy Roman citizens considered themselves to be superior to those who were not. But Christians abandoned such notions. Gregory of Nyssa preached that Christians must see the face of Jesus in the poor. Ambrose taught that we must see the poor not as others, but as brothers. Christianity brought about a change of imagination. By the second and third centuries, the church's social welfare efforts became increasingly organized. 
Church leaders collected money to support the poor, to pay for the burial of the dead, and to support orphans and the elderly. At the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, the church took responsibility for administering hospitals in every cathedral city in the empire. In the 6th century, the Council of Orleans named bishops as the fathers of the poor and devoted one-fourth of the church revenues to the poor. In rural areas, one-third of church revenues were given to the poor. In England, during the 1700s, evangelical leaders like John Wesley caused people's attitudes towards the poor to change. They taught that their economic hardship was a serious national concern that the church could not allow to persist. Their growing religious consciousness changed the public perception of the poor and created a societal discussion about better ways to help those in poverty. And in 2018, the Christian Assembly Church in Los Angeles worked with a group called RIP Medical Debt to help pay off $5.3 million in medical bills for more than 5,000 local households. One of the themes that the Bible talks about is care for the poor. <clears throat> Fourthly and finally, the Bible talks about how stewardship is the key. God is the sole and ultimate owner of everything. There is such a thing as private property in the Bible, but it exists under the idea that everything we possess is a gift, and we are simply the trustees of it. In ancient Israel, God gave the people land, and it was distributed to family units. When God gave the people the Ten Commandments, he told us, do not steal. We are not to steal someone else's property. We are not to take what belongs to another person. God has given us responsibility over our things, but this is not an unqualified ownership. Our job is to be good stewards of the things God has given us so that we manage them well and we put them to the uses that God wants them used for. God grants us this stewardship responsibility for our delight. He has given us capacity, creativity, and comprehension to execute our stewardship appropriately. God wants us to use our resources to create new resources to love our neighbors with the gifts he has blessed us with. God gives us possessions to share with others. God tells us to work and cultivate new possibilities. God wants us to grow our resources. God wants us to become more productful and more resourceful. A single fruit contains many seeds whereby it will create many more plants and much more fruit.
animals and human beings have seeds inside of us so that we can procreate, creating more animals and more people. We were created to produce, to steward the gifts of life for the flourishing of the world. In the pursuit of creating new wealth, the Bible <laughs> tells us that we are not to pillage the earth. We are called to take care of the earth and guard the earth. Our cultural mandate is both to develop and protect God's creation. We are not to abuse what God has created. God does not insist that everyone's economic status be the same. Some people will have more and some will have less. But God's intention for the world is not a world where people experience poverty. Poverty is not a good thing. And part of God's plan is that we would work to alleviate it and ultimately eliminate it. In the new Jerusalem, in the new heavens and the new earth, there will be no poverty. In Deuteronomy 15, 4 and 5, God told the Israelites that there need be no poor people among you. If only you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. In the fallen world we live in, which has been damaged by our sin, some people will suffer economic distress. Some are unable to work. Some are widowed and orphaned. Some will see their crops fail. But in light of these tragedies, God commands those who are economically sufficient not to despise the economically vulnerable. Everyone in the community is to be valued regardless of their financial status. In God's economic plan, everyone is to have opportunities to give and to receive. Life is like a potluck dinner where everyone brings something and everyone has something to contribute. We do not hold back what God has given us because God has given it to us to share with others so that everyone will have enough. Stewardship is the key. These are four of the key ideas that we find in the scriptures. Abundance is the norm. Money is for sharing. Care for the poor. And stewardship is the key. God calls us to be generous people. God blesses us with certain material things and various resources. We are not to be selfish. We are not to hoard things for ourselves and to be insensitive to others. God wants us to look beyond our own needs to see how he wants to use us to meet the needs of others. God wants us to realize we can do more than we think we can. We can give away some of what we have and still have enough to provide for our own needs. 
If we pray and seek the Lord's will, he will give us guidance and direction on how we can live as faithful and generous people. God bless. Stay safe. See you next time.